Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 123 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jason Betcher. Jason lives in the metro area of Kansas City, Kansas, where he is a Lutheran pastor. He's actually been actively involved in ministry work since 1994. Welcome, Jason. Hi. Thanks, Jen. Good to be here. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. So you know, as a podcast listener, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Well, I to intermittent fasting as a diet plan. <laughs> I know we don't want to, we don't like using those words, but it is kind of like a diet plan. Honestly, was um, watch some sort of random video. It was Dr. Oz. 
Uh, it was a real, it was really, I've never I, heard that one. That's a new one. I've never, <laughs> yeah, he had some kind of health guru who eats 5,000 calories a day and he only eats like in at like one o'clock in the morning or something. And but he, he's lost all this weight and he's like in amazing shape. I remember watching that going, huh? <laughs> and so that was, gosh, probably like January, 2019. Okay. And then it got me curious. And so I started kind of taking a look at intermittent fasting because once I get curious about something, I start doing a lot of research and came across your book and podcast and started, uh, started uh, devouring some of that stuff. And then, uh, and then got started with that, uh, with intermittent fasting. So what appealed to you from the beginning? Was it, was it weight loss? You said, did you need to lose weight? Oh yeah, I definitely needed to lose weight again. <laughs> I was probably about 225, 230 at the time. I'm about 5'8". And honestly, I'd, when I get to about 225, 230, that's usually when I go, okay, time to get serious and I need to lose 20 pounds. And so I've probably done that about five or six times with a wide variety of different types of diets that I've done. And uh, progressively, a lot of them didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. And so intermittent fasting appealed to me because I'd done a wide variety of different spiritual fasts from anywhere from one to three days for over 20 years. But the idea of doing that pr- day after day after day was like, okay, interesting. I'm not sure if I would have called that a fast if I would eat during a day, but my definitions began to change. So Okay. So this by spiritual fasting, mm-hmm. by are you talking about Daniel fasting, that sort of thing, or or more I did do some some Daniel fast where I did some vegetarian sorts right. of sorts of fast. I did that actually once for like about a hundred days. Yeah. And I lost uh, probably about about twenty to thirty pounds doing that. But also some just Plain water fasts okay. though, as well from one to one to three days and had done an up to a 10 day fast before, which is wow. just, just <laughs> water fast. And that was absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. I was miserable to be around and um, I was tired all the time, but that was before doing intermittent fasting. I actually did another one uh, actually in May and it was 10 day fast and it was totally different. The first one that you did that was miserable, that was before you were an intermittent faster. Was that for spiritual reasons as yep. well? Or Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just listeners, be cautious with fasts beyond 72 hours unless you're under medical supervision. Oh, I like yeah. To throw no, because even there. this last one, I actually told my doctor, I told my oncologist, right. I checked with them, I, I checked up with them and, and made sure that what was going on. And in fact, I was so energetic and so ready to go. I could have gone a lot longer, but I was like, okay. no, no, 10 days was good. But you were definitely under medical supervision oh my goodness, for that yes. one. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. So 2019, that's when you came to intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started? Well, I got started. I, I tried doing the like a, a four hour eating window, but I found that I was eating too much food because a four hour eating window meant go. You get to eat for four <laughs> hours. <laughs> and so I was eating, eating way too much food. So I actually I cut back to like a one hour eating window. Uh, and it did a 20, 23 one was what I did for probably about, about three or four months and lost, I got down to about 200, 205 was, was kind of where I was fluctuating at. And when I got down to that, uh, after the, those couple of months, I did that without denying anything. Uh, I didn't change anything I ate. I still ate, I ate soda, pizza, I drank beer. I mean, candy, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, totally took to heart the, Delay, don't deny. <laughs> <laughs> so that one hour window helped you to to focus it. You didn't have to deprive yourself at all. You just right. 
could enjoy yourself in that window. Now, did you continue with the the same tastes in food, or did those change at all? Well, it's interesting because after doing that for for several months, that weight came off the easiest of any of the weight that I've lost ever in any of the other diets, Nutrisystem, all those all those other kinds of things. This came off so fast that I was like, "Well, I could set a new goal." I'm like. I could go back to my college soccer weight and get to 165. And so, but I, I couldn't do that without changing something. So then I started started denying candy, uh, sodas, um, limiting alcohol and that kind of stuff right. so, that I, so that I could get, get down. And by fall, last fall, I had gotten down to 180. So I was thrilled. I hadn't been 180 in, in forever, but... So think about it as a longer delay. You know, you're 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 delaying those things for longer to to hit your weight goals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you did that until fall, and you got down to about 180. Yeah, and I was thrilled with that. And I was, I mean, I did hit plateau at at, at 200, and then at one 190, and it took a little bit more effort with what I was eating uh, and those kind of things in order to get to get down to 180. Uh, and I, I think I was well on my way to get to 165, but uh, life happens. <laughs> so life life happens, and that's what we're going to talk about next. So what happened right there at that point? You were right around 180, and then life. What was that? Well, I was um, over last fall. I thought I had a um, like persistent cold uh, that was going on. I was getting kind of progressively more tired. I was playing. I still play soccer. I'm 49 years old. I still play play soccer in full field every. Friday nights and uh, was playing that all fall. And I just was progressively getting more and more tired. And finally went to the doctor and said, you know, I just got this cold. It's just persisting. I don't get this. And he's like, here, take this, um, take, take this. Maybe this virus will, will be kicked. And then during that next week, we played our last outdoor game of the season. And then we started indoor that next Tuesday and I was in shape. So I, we went to play and I started and I ran up the field and I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't breathe at all. And went to the sidelines, and then I did that like five other times during the game. Tried to do, tried to play, I couldn't breathe, and I'm like, I have no clue what's going on. So the next day, I went and saw my doctor, and and he was clueless. And so he said, I'm going to send you for a chest X-ray. So we went and got a chest X-ray, came right back to the doctor's office, and uh, he, the tech from the X-ray place, had called, and they said they found a large mass in the middle of my chest and they could not explain what it was and they wanted me back immediately to get a CT scan. Uh, so I went and got a CT scan and um, they found a mass in the middle of my chest that was uh, three centimeters uh, by five centimeters. It was right in, right in the middle of my chest and it was um, right around my esophagus and so it was kind of choking me out. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, so they got, gave me another a second CT scan because the cancer had spread from there to in my uh, in up by my, my neck and also in my waist. Uh, so we needed to start getting biopsies and all that kind of stuff pretty immediately and moving forward with that. So I know that had to be terrifying, but you knew something was wrong. And you know, it's great that you weren't just like, "Oh, this fasting isn't working out. I'm so tired." You knew it was. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> Some, something else. Don't uh, so people who are, are fasting and have you know new symptoms. Don't assume it's the fasting and go get it checked out because that was absolutely not what was going on with you. Well, no wonder it was hard to lose weight at the last part of it because I was gaining weight. Uh, from from developing a tumor. <laughs> yeah, your body is like, I got some other emergencies to work on right here. Exactly. Exactly. So two weeks later, I finally got in to get a biopsy and uh, and all of that kind of stuff. And the cancer had already progressed. It was it was like five centimeters by ten centimeters. Wow! And just in like oh, how many oh, weeks? Just two weeks. In two weeks, it doubled, really. Yeah, and by. The end of that week when I had gotten the CT scan, I had actually checked myself into the emergency room because I could no longer breathe when I was laying down. I was going to, I figured that I was going to going to die probably over the weekend uh, because oh I was going to suffocate because this thing was just, cho- was just choking me out. It was a very aggressive form of cancer. So which called for a very aggressive form of chemotherapy, the treatments that they were going to end up giving me after they finally um, diagnosed me. So. Yeah. Uh, and I know that was probably the scariest thing ever was knowing that it was growing so fast and you couldn't breathe. Not being able to breathe is one of the worst feelings. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. So now now you know you're going to have to go through chemo. Did you use fasting as part of your treatment? When did that come up? I talked to my oncologist about it right away, about fasting during during it. And he just looked at me like I had a horn growing out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, by that point, maybe it spread to there, right? Maybe you did. I'm pretty used to, used to that look that people give you when you tell them about intermittent fasting, where right. you look like you're a unicorn and they're like looking at you going, what? Yeah. what are you talking about? And so I did a ton of research. He said, well, you can do it, I think. I mean, you just have to depend. And he's not sure. And and. So I started doing a lot of research about cancer treatments and I looked up and down all kinds of different websites and stuff. And I couldn't find anything that was conclusively telling me for sure, you know, you really should keep fasting and keep doing this or not. I just said I was going to just, just trust my body in the right. middle of it. Cause I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, and I didn't want to just take a big gamble and fast like I normally did. I mean, I didn't want to lose the, I didn't want to gain a ton of weight, but I also didn't want to be unhealthy. At the exactly. same time. That's important. And, you know, there are oncologists that do know about intermittent fasting and would. My you oncologist know, have... knows about intermittent fasting a lot now. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. 
Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's Three good. months ago, we had a 45-minute follow-up after my, my cancer treatment, and 35 minutes of that entire time was talking about fasting. Wow. So now we know. So oh, when, when you oh, were yeah. starting, was your where did your, the research take you as far as you know, the research with fasting and cancer? Because, I mean, I've, I've researched it, obviously, enough to you know, just mention it and fast, feast, repeat, but not to the level that I'm sure you have. So what, what did you find? I found anecdotal studies, mm-hmm. mostly. There wasn't really anything that was uh, – I mean, there were a couple of studies I saw that said they sort of had some, some proof that was helpful, but – Honestly, there wasn't an, there wasn't enough stuff out there for me to just to just confidently say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, and a lot of it is just research on the benefits of fasting alongside chemotherapy to help you not have some of the side effects of chemotherapy. Right. You've, I'm sure you've seen those. Oh yeah, definitely. And man, I tell you what, the it was so strange because the the type of chemotherapy I went through was a five day infusion. Mm-hmm. So I'd do this every three weeks where they'd hook me up to my IV and I would be, they would put the drugs in me for five days, 24 seven. Oh, did you do that in the hospital or did you do well, it at home? I was the first one at, the, at our hospital to do it, uh, take oh. home. So I went back and forth every day. Uh-huh. And so that from Monday to Friday, I had, I had chemotherapy drugs going through me. And on top of that, I had to take steroids. I'd take 240 milligrams of steroids a day for five days. And oh, gosh. Oh. I, I know where this is going. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So when you're starting to trust your your own tastes and what you're um, – I had to eat, like, all oh, the yeah. time. And the only thing I could taste was sugar and really, really hot stuff. So I ate a lot of sugar and I ate a lot of food. I would eat – I wouldn't like to eat breakfast or eat so many meals, but I'm like, I, I just feel like I got to eat. And so – I ate uh, 45 pounds worth. So, yeah. Yeah. And just, I ballooned, ballooned up pretty easily. So it was right back to where you started, right? It was, yeah. <laughs> which, which honestly could be massively discouraging oh, yeah. after having lost the weight. In fact, when I, I had lost the weight and when I'm doing all the check-ins for, with going through asking about if I've had any unexplained weight loss, unintentional weight loss, because these are all doing all these checks for with, whether you have cancer and I'm like, no, it's not unintentional. I lost that weight on purpose. I intended to lose every I, I, bit of it. I lost it on purpose. Uh, right. I'm, I'm not going to give cancer any credit for that whatsoever. That was hard work. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you did not fast through the chemo. I tried a cup uh, to to just do some windows, but it was it was really, really hard. And I just, I really, really couldn't. And so even, but as I was going through that, even gaining all that weight, honestly, Knowing that on the other side of this, 
that I could do intermittent fasting and lose it all, mm-hmm. again, what brought me a lot more hope than just kind of going, oh, yeah, I'm gaining this weight. Here we go again. Yeah. And I mean, your body was going through a lot. Just, you know, steroids alone, not to mention the the high doses of chemo that you were going through for five days at a time, but just even just steroids are known to pack the weight on. Oh, you know, Increased goodness. hunger and coupled with not being able to taste. Gosh, I can only imagine what I would be gravitating towards in that same situation. Yeah, I looked at my the picture that I had, that my wife took of the day after I was done with my last treatment. That was March 14th. She took a picture of me in the chair and my head was probably, looks like, if you compare it to now, it looks like it's twice the size. Yeah, because you have that puffy face kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you finished chemo, all the treatment, March 14th. Yeah, right when uh, right when the whole pandemic and everybody locked down. <laughs> right. And you yeah. were, you're like, all right, I'm going home now. So what happened with the treatment at that point? Treatments were, were done at that at that point altogether. I uh, had already had a PET scan back in January, and they had already said that they'd gotten all the cancer. There was no cancer. Just from the chemo? Just from the chemo. They, they wow. didn't end up doing radiation or anything, and... The type of cancer I had was called primary mediastinal lymphoma. And gosh, and do research on, on lymphoma. I mean, when they told me I had lymphoma and I, I researched lymphoma, that took me, I think it was five minutes before I said, I'm not touching this. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to research this because I have almost everything says very low chance, very low chance. Wow. Like, I don't have any idea what I have, so I'm not going to speculate. And so the type of cancer I have... I had is a very rare form of lymphoma, less than 2% of all lymphomas. And in fact, uh, they, people who get this are under the age of 35 and female. So, okay. So it was a very, un- you are an unusual. I don't qualify for either. And so, <laughs> yeah. But the prognosis was not good from what you were looking up. Well, from a lot of lymphomas, this type of okay. this particular lymphoma, um, even though it's r- very rare, the prognosis was actually pretty good uh, okay. o- overall from the types of treatments that they've had. And so your chemo got rid of it completely. Yes. Yeah, I'm totally cancer free. Got to ring the bell and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, that's so, good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that how long how long did you go through that treatment from from like right around Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. March? Yeah. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will be Thanksgiving Day. We were talking about this before I clicked the record button. This um, podcast is coming out Thanksgiving Day, even though we're recording it in September. So it'll be right around the year mark Mm -hmm. from when you started the whole process. Yeah, unbelievable. It it really, really is. So, you know, let's let's go to March. What's happened since March? Since March? um, Well, after after, uh, I was done with my chemo treatments, I'm... I'm, I'm a go-getter, so I like to, you know, start moving on. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start start fasting. I'm going to start losing this weight. And, uh, <laughs> well, I had other health issues that I did not realize that the chemo had, had uh, like, drained me of, like, half my half my blood. And so I was, function- I was functioning at about half a tank of blood. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was, like, really close to needing a, a blood transfusion. I went out just to put, um, to put fertilizer on my lawn, and 10 minutes in, I'm looking, I have one of those watches that keeps your pulse. Like I'm out of breath and I'm looking at my watch and look at my pulse and it says it's 185 beats a minute. Ooh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so I was like, and, and I was having some fainting spells uh, as well. And so I was like, oh man. So I had to, I had to continue eating a couple of meals a day for, uh, for a while. And I, I, I would try for like a week or so with, with fasting 
And then I would have a fainting spell and say, okay, I got to take two weeks off. And I go back to eating and I would go back and forth until May 1st. I, I started um, so this whole month. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do once at one, one meal a day. That's what I, that's what I'm going to do for the whole month. And since May 1st, I hadn't had, didn't have any relapses and didn't have any fainting spells or anything like that. So I did one, I started at 225 May 1st. And then the end of the month was when I had my 10 days virtual fast though as well. In the middle of the pandemic, I know I was even listening to you guys saying, don't do long fast. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, then, you know, there was that, there was that, um, that going around at the beginning of the pandemic, just not knowing what a long fast, you know, we know fasting is, is good for our immune systems, mm -hmm. but a long fast, you know, you might have a period of where your immune system is a little more vulnerable as it's healing, you know, than yeah, the healing crisis. Like really, and really yeah, vulnerable. Yeah. So you're like super vulnerable and fasting for 10 days. And oh yeah. my goodness. And I lost a lot of weight during that 10 day fast, but I wasn't counting on uh, keeping that weight off because I, mean, I, I mean, it was pretty much you, you're going to gain most of that weight back. Right. And I gained, I gained quite a bit of it back. Your motivation for that 10 day fast was healing, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your oncologist was all fun with that. He was actually, yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. I mean, talking with my oncologist, he, he just he wanted to know. So, what are your protocols? What do you do? How do you are you doing this? And so, we got into really, really long conversations. My regular doctor, he and I have sat and talked for a couple hours about fasting, and he's actually become a intermittent faster uh, as well, and as is prescribing that for some of his, uh, some of his patients as well. So it's kind of, it's, it's been an interesting conversation with doctors in this process. And so far they've been, been supportive, not my oncologist, not necessarily right off the bat because he wasn't, he was like, his, his main process was, I'm here to save you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just fantastic. You know, that your doctors were open-minded, especially, you know, your oncologist not knowing about it and then being open-minded and listening to you and the fact that your regular doctor listened to you for an hour mm -hmm. and now is fasting and prescribing fasting that's just incredible oh yeah no it's great so and we've you know, we've had lots of people in our community who have, who have started fasting over the last year and a half and it's been it's been fun watching it really it really is so you're you're a talker you tell people about it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pastor. I can't help it. Yeah. Talk, so. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you like me in elementary school where you had to like sit by the wall and you couldn't sit by anybody because you would talk to anyone at all times? Or were you a rule follower? See, I would I would get in trouble. No, I was I was definitely a talker, without a doubt. No, I mean, if you go back and look at probably a lot of my um, my grade cards, they probably mm -hmm. says talks too much, needs to keep more focused. Yeah. No. And in, in fact, in kindergarten, halfway through kindergarten, they gave me an ultimatum. They said, he has to learn the alphabet or he's going to have to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> you could just talk it out, right? Right. That's so funny. So you have, are a lot of people in your church doing intermittent fasting now? We've had quite a few people that have done, have done intermittent fasting and some people have, have really liked it and stuck with it and others, uh, you know, they've, they've used it at, at times and, and, and not not stay with it. Uh, they kind of look at me like I'm, uh, you know, a little bit crazy, but it's okay. That's it's not, all right. Not, not the first time I've been looked at like I'm crazy. So, <laughs> ditto. I get it. But you know, they'll stop looking at you like you're crazy. You know, the longer time goes on. Yeah. You know, as you continue to heal, you know, you certainly don't look like someone who's just been through 
radical cancer treatment. And it's been, gosh, I don't even know how many months it is. I have to count on my hands here. What? Six months since six I had months. my last it's, treatment. Because mm-hmm. we're recording, like I said, in September. So it's been six months. And yeah. Do you feel like you're back to your old self, back to normal? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And I could, I could tell it, this summer already that I was starting to feel better because when I was, when I was preaching, I, I do a lot of extemporaneous preaching. And I, I mean, I write down some notes, but I don't, I mean, I, I, I keep track of everything. I plan it in my head, but I don't necessarily need to write all my notes out in order to do that. But during my chemo treatments, I had chemo brain globally. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't think. I mean, I so I had to. I was like writing out everything, and I'm like feeling like this feels absolutely wooden. I feel like I'm like reading this, and I was like, oh, people are like, no, we didn't even notice. And I'm like, people also told me I looked great. So, so and I've looked <laughs> well, at the people picture. Are, are kind, right? Well, yes. They're not gonna I, say you look awful, and man, your sermons are boring. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to tell you that because they love you. <laughs> right. So I think it was like I think they were just saying. You know, your attitude is great. Your right. attitude looks great. So therefore, we're just going to say you look great too. There you so. go. You're, you're, you're alive. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. It's, it's good to have a supportive congregation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've also gotten back to exercise. I'm back to playing soccer. Um, so you're back uh, to doing all that. To, to play in regu- on a regular basis. And I'm, we've actually got a Peloton uh, and I've been doing a lot of biking and exercising. I hate running. So, um, uh, I, yeah, like, I, I like chasing, I like, like chasing ball, the ball oh, well, and doing that kind of stuff. That's running. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't like any kind of running. No. <laughs> you know the saying, if you see me running, you better start running too because something's chasing me. Right. Yeah. That's well, kind of true. When I lived down in Florida, you only had to, you only had to outrun the next person because it was a gator that was probably chasing that's, I was, you. I was thinking about the gator. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. So, so no more shortness of breath while you're running. Nope. No, nope, not at all. I know that that feels great. So your wife, is she an intermittent faster as well? She has done intermittent fasting uh, off and on and has had some success, not the kind of, not, not totally the kind of success that I've had, but she's, she is plugging away and still trying. She's a school teacher as well. Uh, so she teaches third grade, third, oh, third grade. Such, so. a, such a good grade, third graders. Is she, a, is she back in face-to-face school? They're doing entirely offsite just the on, whole just, school system yeah, is yeah, their whole school system right now is just on just on computer and so then eventually they're going to do hybrid i think in like two weeks but okay so she'll get back in there i know mm-hmm. that's so hard for teachers i can't even oh. imagine it's been a challenge yeah yeah it's, it's absolutely crazy and the same thing for our for our kids we have two kids in high school though as well my daughter who's a senior and son who's a freshman just starting in in high school so this is all just strange it really is. And I know that, that for the senior, it's got to be really hard because she's missing out on milestone events. Oh, yeah. I feel for these kids. Yeah. Even going through the process, I mean, last year for the kids to not do like graduation, like right at the end of the year, and they sort of did something in July. But I mean, it's just, it's all very different. I can't even imagine what that would be like as as a student going through that and then trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to college? Am I going to college what am right. I going to do with my... I'm That's going to be, be the hardest I, I'm part. I'm supposed to be trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life right now and not trying to figure out, okay, how am I safely going to go to school and then do all this other stuff, so... Yeah. What a what a weird time we're in, mm-hmm. right? That's Who for sure. Even thought, as I went to the post office this morning and I was juggling the mail and trying to put on a mask and I'm like, this is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Putting on my mask, we're all standing on our line six feet apart. I was like, it just feels like a movie. And I have a, a funny story about that because I was um, 
during my cancer treatments. So right. before all this coronavirus stuff hit, I was wearing masks into grocery stores. I was social because you were immunocompromised, right? Right. right. So I was wearing masks into grocery stores, and people would look at me absolutely weird. They'd look at me like, "You're sick. Why are you in the grocery store? Why are you here? You weirdo." And so exactly, you're wearing a mask. This strange. So (laughs) and then I started. I stopped wearing a mask, and I just started uh, socially distancing from people. I just started looking like I just wouldn't look like I was staying away from people. But I was staying away from people. People and would this get, is before the pandemic. Oh, yeah, this is before the yeah, pandemic. Yeah. People would start getting close to you, and I would start backing away. <laughs> and I'd just back away further, and they just keep coming. I'm like, okay, you can stay there. That's fine. <laughs> and it would, it it was would, before it even had a name there, right? Right. Before, before anybody else was, was doing it, I was, I was trendsetting. There you go. You are you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> oh jeez. In all the ways. Sorry. <laughs> no. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, here we are now wearing our masks and mm-hmm. feeling like they're here to stay. Yep. That's for sure. Well, I hope your wife gets back into the classroom in 2 weeks like like they're saying. So. I hope so too. But at least she got the she got to meet her kids when they handed out their iPads. So, because that was the the strangest part to start teaching kids with not even meeting them or knowing who they were before when oh, she I was didn't even doing, think about that before when she was doing teaching last last spring she'd already she'd had a relationship with the kids right but if, if the first time you meet your kids is going to be online that just would be odd so that thankfully they had when they checked out their iPads the teachers were all there to check them out to the to the student and the parents so that they actually even with a mask on they at least met them physically rather than just the first time they meet them as an online classroom. Here you go. Now, did your church have to be virtual as well? We did at the, at the, at, at the beginning as we weren't sure what was, I mean, where things were going. We did right. to- totally virtual with just me in the sanctuary preaching uh, by myself, which was really, really weird. I bet that was weird because, yeah, you know, you know, we thriving, talking to a real person, to an audience. Like I'm a teacher, you know, so I'm used to being in front of people, having to talk just to a camera. Yeah, I've tried. Uh, when I was at seminary, actually, they actually required us to record ourselves preaching and, and then to sit down with a professor and go over that sermon. And I did it without anybody in. And that was a mistake. And so I, that this is horrible because you're just you're I love talking to people and, and communicating to people versus I'm just sharing stuff <laughs> with nobody. To a camera. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really camera. hard. At least a Facebook Live, there was like little likes sometimes or somebody would say hi or, or or something. But it was still, I was in a room by myself for like three weeks, uh, which was great for immunocompromised guy uh, being in a, in a room. Well, that's all by, true. That, yeah, worked out well. <laughs> all by myself. And then slowly we brought our worship team back in. So we at least had music. Uh, and then May 1st, we started having uh, people back in, in physically in worship, social distance and all that kind of stuff though too. So we've been we've been back for a while, but not everybody's been comfortable coming back. Right, and a slow trickle uh, for people to come back. So, so what does your fasting practice look like today? I know you you had gotten to you know before the cancer diagnosis, you had gotten to twenty three one most days, and what what does your fasting practice look like today? Today, well, this summer in June, I didn't do anything. That was my birthday month. I celebrate birthday months. No, I don't celebrate days. So. Uh, <laughs> my birthday month, I didn't. I said, you know, uh, I'll eat a meal or whatever, whatever I want. Didn't lose any weight, but didn't gain any weight either. So I stopped with stuck at two hundred five, and so I said, I'm gonna 
going to step it up and do do alternate day fasting Okay. in July. And so I did in July and, and August, I did uh, two days of alternate day fasting. Uh, I didn't. So like two down days a week. Right. So Tuesdays, like down th- day. Tuesdays Thursdays. Okay. And it was tough to do refeed day. Um, yeah. <laughs> just keep eating. It's like, okay, yeah. eat two meals and then snack in between. It's like, okay, do I really need to do this? But I found that when I actually eat more, I lose. See, that is so important. And I'm glad that you said that. A lot of people say that. And, you know, but that's why we recommend it. You know, it's it's a well-researched protocol, but I never had trouble eating. I don't know. People are like, I have so much trouble eating two meals. I'm like, I never had trouble eating two meals. <laughs> but I believe that people do. I believe them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of my moderators that are in, in the Facebook groups, they they had early copies of Fast Feast Repeat. And so they read them and they read, you know, I was very emphatic and Fast Feast Repeat about having the up day after the down day. And one of one of my my fabulous moderators who leads Mealless Monday, shout out to Roxy, mm-hmm. but she said that that was such an aha moment for her. She realized what she'd been doing wrong. And a lot of them said the same thing, that they had been treating their up days as more of a diet day and not as a true up day. And that when they truly embraced the refeed of the up day, then the scale started to move. And it's counterintuitive and completely against what calories in, calories out would would teach you, but yeah, and so I, I actually end up with like a six-hour eating window. Six to eight is kind of what I what I end up doing, and 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 I eat uh, a fair amount. I mean, I usually eat like a breakfast or a lunch and a snack in between, or I or I do lunch and dinner uh, and snack either in between or even afterwards. But even now, I'm still actually restricting. Um, some things, uh, though, as well, delaying, I, delay, del- delaying because <laughs> I, because I want to get to, uh, to my goal. So I've cut out sugar again, I cut out sodas. And so I'm only like at the end of the month, am I allowing myself a, a party weekend, uh, to, uh, to, to have, to have a, a beer with a burger or pizza and to eat some, uh, you know, blow pops, blow pops are just, they're, they're, they are my weakness. Uh, oh gosh! I Green st- apple. I can start with those like, were my favorites. Ah, cherry. Oh man! I, I, I can start with I can start with one blow pop, and pretty soon, yeah, the bag is gone. So I haven't uh, had a blow pop in I don't know decades, but the green apple were my favorite. I could I loved them. No, they were good. Are, those are pretty good. So I'll give you all the watermelon out of the bag. <laughs> so I've been doing the uh, two days during uh, July and August, uh, and and it got down to about one. 83. And then September, I decided I was going to do the three, uh, three down days. Um, so a four, three approach. Four, four, three, and then, uh, so three down days, three up days. What do you do on that other day? That other day, it varies. Sometimes I've only done it a couple of weeks. So, okay. um, so yeah, that, we're that, just into September. We're just into September. And in fact, was it trying to remember, keep track of my days. So Friday was my up day. And then Saturday was going to be my one, one meal a day. And then I was going to have a down day yesterday, but we had a, a golf tournament for our, our child care center and barbecue that we were having. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I probably, it's people, it's stuff, it's, we're, we're doing stuff together. So I've always kind of said, you know, this stuff is, is important, but it's not that important. If I'm, if I'm going to be with people, it's important to, um, to eat. Uh, and so I did that then. So Sundays, Tuesdays, and 
Thursdays are the days that I, and actually was just hearing you on the podcast the other day, actually just saying that that was, that was what you used to you were you were doing so that's what i did when i when mm-hmm. i was doing when i was doing 4-3 sunday tuesday thursday were the days when i did a 5-2 approach monday and thursday were the days but yeah sunday tuesday thursday those were the ones and i would imagine that you know i do my best work in the fasted state so i would imagine that you would want to to preach on a sunday and not be all bogged down with a lot of food oh yeah and i i wasn't a big breakfast eater anyhow i hardly ever ate breakfast i and the whole coffee thing, I've been, I, I look at people when they put cream in their coffee and I've always, oh, is that really coffee? <laughs> Hot milkshake. <laughs> so I've always had black, black coffee, very dark roasted coffee. That's all. Mm. I'm kind of a coffee snob that way, but I've That's always good. had that. So just drinking coffee on an empty stomach, limit myself to a pot a day for sure. So That's what I do too. I, I, I brew one pot and then I just drink it and I stop around noon. Yeah, that's probably been the toughest part for my wife is oh, the she coffee. she loves she loves putting hazelnut creamer in her in her in her coffee. That's, and, that is a real struggle for many. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've have theorized that if just the whole world just went to black coffee, what a difference it would make. And and if, even if no one started fasting, if everyone just started drinking their coffee black. Well, and the bizarre thing about your ta- talking about the the drinking coffee even on, a, on an empty stomach, I always had people tell me. You really shouldn't be drinking coffee on an empty stomach anyhow. You shouldn't be drinking that caffeine and that black coffee. You shouldn't be drinking that. I mean, that's going to be just eating your stomach. To, like, And I'm like, I'm fine. I've been doing this for you know, I mean, over 20 years and I'm, I'm, I'm okay for now. <laughs> and that's just so funny to think about because our, our stomachs are, are full of stomach acid, which can digest a steak. <laughs> and yet we're worried that coffee is no. <laughs> I know. But people say that. They're like, I have to have milk in my coffee. Otherwise, I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not true. Your stomach can take it. Yes. Yes, it definitely can. Oh, goodness. So that's kind of my protocol right now is just is doing the the alternate daily fasting, doing the 4-3 approach. And last week, I hit 180. Awesome. So you're back there. So back, back there. But I'm I'm not done. No. 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 And, and no. now that you're healthy and rolling mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. and... So the alternate daily fasting routine just really feels feels good to you right now. Oh yeah, very very comfortable. Uh, it's you know not necessarily super comfortable with my family because uh, because everybody else eats <laughs> every oh, yeah. day and all the time, and so it's like okay, we need to do lunch, dinner, uh, make sure that everyone's fed and, and and everything else is going on. But you know, like I'll be fasting for a day or doing a workout, and they bring home some food and just fills the house with food, and I'm like. Really? <laughs> or like, I remember my husband would be like, can you fix me? You know, such as, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I cannot. I was a little grouchier on four, three and five, two than I am with the daily eating window. I have to admit it. <laughs> the days that I would do a full fast and not eat, you know, I was, it was my full down day. I remember like him sitting by me on the couch eating tortilla chips and I wanted to, you know, throat punch him. <laughs> Happened more than one time. Yeah. But honestly, <laughs> I, I really like how I feel when I'm fasted. Me too. Overall. And I'm very a lot clearer minded. I'm able to be focused on all kinds of thinking activities or, or projects that I need to do, even exercise. Um, you know, I I really enjoy the fasted state. So it's not like like I'm going, oh man, I can't wait till I eat. Oh, it's fine. It's true. Mm-hmm. I actually am taking part. If you read Fast Feast Repeat. Yep. 
okay. Well, you know the PREDICT study that I talk about in there where, mm-hmm. where they're studying personalized nutrition mm-hmm. with your blood glucose response. I'm going through their, their study right now, PREDICT 3, and it's fascinating. So I'm wearing, can you see my continuous blood glucose monitor on my oh, arm? Oh, my goodness. It's fascinating. And I had to eat these muffins that they sent me the past two days. I had to wake up in the morning at 8 in the morning and eat these muffins that they sent me. It was so hard. to. I mean, I would never eat like a dry muffin at 8 in the morning. Wow. For, for so, any reason. So how does that work with your, your once and... Well, I, I had to take two days two days of... Just, <laughs> I, I did not do fasting for two days. It was it was weird. And um, I had to I had to eat these muffins, and then I had to wait four hours and then eat two more muffins and then wait two more hours. And basically, it was testing my blood glucose response to see, like, one of the muffins, and they were not very good. One of the muffins had a high fat content. The other one was really sugary. And so it was just really interesting to see. You know, they're going to analyze all the data and then let me know what it says about my body. But it was just so weird. I'm like, this is what it felt like to be on one of those low-calorie weird diets where you wake up and eat like some diet breakfast. That's what it felt like. And then I felt horrible. And the first day after the second round of muffins, I had to wait two hours before I could eat. I was hangry and cranky and... <laughs> It was awful. I felt like I was doing, you mentioned you did Nutrisystem. Oh, man. Yeah. I call that cardboard eating. Cause, yeah, that's what this felt like. Oh, awful. Just yeah. absolutely. I remember I, I white knuckled it through losing 20 to 30 pounds on that. And when I got done, I threw the rest of the food away. Because yeah. I'm like, I'll never do this again. Never. If I have to do this to lose weight, I'm... I'm going to be Just going to be heavy. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But it made me appreciate. I'm so grateful that I had those two days. Today, I'm fully fasted. Uh, I'm logging my coffee. I have to log everything I eat and drink in their app for the study. And they're probably, once they get it, they're like, she's just drinking coffee in San Pellegrino. (laughs) They'll know. I mean, Tim Spector understands intermittent fasting. He's one of the lead scientists. But it feels so good to be fasting today. I'm just going to eat my normal dinner. And (laughs) I already feel better. But it makes me sad for the people that are trapped because I felt like a low-calorie dieter. Mm -hmm. And it was miserable. And then I'm sure I ate way more. You add up all these little crazy, unsatisfying muffin meals that I was having, and oh, sure, yeah. And I remember what, one of the things I did to lose weight before was uh, was exercise a lot more, mm-hmm. which is which I like to listen to audiobooks, <laughs> and so yeah. I would just go on a walk and, and listen to audiobooks, and so I would walk. Gosh, I was up to like almost between fifteen and twenty thousand steps a day. Uh, wow. for, for a while. And I'd lost, you know, 20, 30 pounds, but I, that was totally unsustainable. Because <laughs> it takes a lot of time to do it that. It takes a lot of time and you get tired. And I don't live in Florida. I live in Kansas and we do have winters here. So yeah. So winters is yeah. very, very difficult to get outside and do a lot of exercise. Or Oh yeah, I would bet. You could still exercise here in Georgia. We're, we're still, and we have winter, but you can still go out and walk. You have to bundle up though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some. So now you're doing, you you mentioned you like to play sports. Mm-hmm. You play—is it soccer that yeah. you play? What other what other types of exercise do you enjoy? I play golf pretty regular basis, uh, though as well. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that you know that's just good activity that makes you feel good, and mm-hmm. and it's it's not like you know having to go to the gym and it's a game and you're enjoying it. Yeah. I think everybody needs to find a way to be active that feels right to them and is fun. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm. I remember. Gosh, when I was in my twenties playing um, soccer 
with a whole bunch of international guys from all over the world. And this is like 65 year old guy from Peru, uh, who was like five foot, just stocky guy. He was, he just would never stop. I just, I remember saying to him when, when I was in my twenties, like when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I, so I still want to be playing soccer when I'm in my sixties. And so for me, that's, that's part of my goal of trying to get down to 165. So I want to, I want my knees to be good. I don't want to, uh, if I drop a little bit more weight, then my knees will be even better. And I won't uh, walk around like an, like I'm a 95 year old man with bad knees for two days after playing soccer. Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, I'm so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. I remember those days of being when I was obese and how hard it was just to move around and how everything ached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to be that person either. I want to be the 65-year-old with all the stamina and the energy to do whatever. Yeah, and they're like, are you sure you're 65? I'm like, here's my driver's license right here. So. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to be that same exact person. And I think intermittent fasting gives us that that hope and that I mean, we're going to age well. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. Yeah. Are you, you're 50 now or 49 now? 49. Okay. okay. I know you mentioned you had a birthday, yeah. but the birthday, I wasn't sure if the birthday was turning 49 or turning 50. So yeah, yeah. Not 50 yet. So, okay. I'm in a new decade for the year. Well, that'll be next, next year. Forties have been, have been wild. Yeah. They've been good, but, but wow. They didn't expect uh, the last year. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, the last year has been like, Okay. Yeah. If you're like, uh, you know, the pandemic, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you get, everyone's like thinking about like possibly dying. Right. And I'm like going, yeah, that was like so six months ago. <laughs> You've already done that. Been there, done that. <laughs> that's great. You have, you're not worried about the pandemic is in your, your rear view mirror now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully for all of us, we're all hoping that, that that comes to an end soon because. Oh, I hope so too. Although again, like I said, masks are here to say I've started buying them and you know, to match, like, do you match your outfit with your mask or do you just wear whatever? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Yeah. It's strange. I know uh, back in 2000, 2004, January, 2004, we, we traveled to China uh, to adopt our daughter, Emily. And um, that was right after the whole um, SARS thing. Yep. And China had closed down. Uh, and then three months later, they opened up and we ended up going to China like a couple months after they reopened. And people were still wearing masks then, though, as well around Beijing and in other places. And so uh, I did, did not realize that was a coronavirus. But we're like, hold on. This is all like really familiar. Right. That's true because, you know, we, we never used the words. I mean, lay people, we didn't say the words coronavirus. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> doctors knew that those were coronaviruses, but we'd never heard those words. Oh, no. I mean, I remember hearing them called SARS, but they, I don't ever remember anybody saying corona related to that. No. My niece was actually in China when th- this time when it all happened. Ooh. She was in China. Yeah, she was working for the Peace Corps. She was teaching English in Chinese universities, or I guess one Chinese university, but she was there and the Peace Corps had to evacuate her. But she said it was crazy the way everything just shut down. Is that your dog? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if they'll edit that out or not, we'll hear a dog. But it, yeah, it was it was just crazy. But I think over there, they're they're used to wearing the masks and they've been wearing them for for a while. They just pull, pull them out. So I it's weird to think that they may be that may be now part of our landscape as well. 
Yeah. And, you know, for, for some people feel very comfortable wearing masks. Others don't feel very comfortable doing that. But where, wherever you go, I mean, just kind of paying attention to what, what others are doing and what they're requiring. I don't have any, any problem wearing a mask. Um, it's probably just good, good hygiene probably. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, although it's very strange looking at people that you know, and if they're wearing a hat and a mask and you can only see their eyes, you don't have a clue who they are. That is weird how people look so different. That's true. Yeah, because you don't look at people like dead in the eye very often yeah. uh, at all. And you see so all the you, yeah, the you see their, you see their whole face, but you look straight in their eye. You're like, I'm looking at you in the eyes. I know you, but I don't. Do I know who are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw somebody at the post office. Said I was at the post office this morning, and I saw someone. I think she might have been a parent of a child, but but I couldn't. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think she's familiar. I'm just not gonna. Yeah, it was. I, I get it. That was just so strange. Mm-hmm. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. So back to your ADF fasting protocol, do you think you're going to stick with this long term? Or, I mean, is this a pattern that you love? Because some people love the ADF pattern so much it becomes their lifestyle. Like, they live it. Or are you hoping one day to come back to the eating window approach or are you just going to kind of play it by ear see how you feel well i know i think i'm pretty pretty much going to stick with this until i hit my goal okay and my goal is that, that my, my low weight was going to be 165 my wife and i had this conversation is it going to be a low weight give me 165 or is that going to be your high weight because i fluctuate as much as five pounds oh, yeah. five pounds a day so i'll probably do this till i hit my goal and then after that either go to one one meal a day and then do some extended fasting if i need to but we'll see. I don't. I don't know what what sustaining that low weight is going to look like. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I, I know. I have the tools to to modify if I start gaining weight or if I if I, that's not a sustainable weight for me because it's possible that might be too low. I might. Right. I might end You'll up, just have to see. Um, I, I might be. Oh, you can keep that as long as you keep vigilant. Well, is that is that really what I want? Because yeah, you have to enjoy your life. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to find the the weight that your body settles at 
where you're also living the kind of life that feels like the kind of life you want to live. Because mm-hmm. who wants to be really, really, you know, lean yet miserable and not enjoying life? Oh, yeah. No, not, not me. Not at all. I like food. I do too. <laughs> Though as well. That's why the vegetarian thing didn't work for me very well. Cause I'm a, I mean, I love meat. <laughs> so I was like, eh, this is okay, but I'm a meatitarian. I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say you eat like your, what style of eating? You just really you eat all foods. You're kind of an omnivore. Burgers and steak. Yeah. In fact, I've gotten really started getting into eating steak and, and vegetables and grill. I mean, I love to grill. Oh yeah. Though as well. So um, we've started you know, because I'm not eating as much, we're like, oh, you know, instead of going to get the grocery store to go get the steak, I'm going to the butcher shop uh, to get good steak, to get really good steak. Food <laughs> snob. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I get it. That's right. You know, you're if you're only eating this certain amount of times, it better be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So I still like nachos um, and salsa mm-hmm. and, and that, that kind of stuff, and occasionally Doritos though as well. But yeah, I love I, that's one thing I've never lost the taste for. I don't buy them because I would eat too many Doritos <laughs> and I wouldn't feel good. That's the thing, mm-hmm. you know. I've learned I really just want to feel good more than anything. So you know, I don't eat a lot of sugar because it makes me not feel good. Mm-hmm. More so than like I shouldn't have sugar. It's just you know I'm not going to feel great after having those muffins. I had the restless legs that afternoon and. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, and I've actually started doing uh, like some taking some vitamin supplements, and I've started uh, the magnesium stuff yeah. from, oh, yeah. from bioptimizers and stuff, yeah. and started doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Actually, I think now I'm probably getting towards being the healthiest I've probably been in my life. So that's great. And you know, I think your your fifties are just going to be better and better. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, it, people say you get it over over the hill on. When you're 40, uh, I remember people talking about that when you, know, you get over the hill. And I, my response to that was, okay, I've always liked roller coasters. And <laughs> <laughs> you and go it, down and then you go back and up. And it was never the up <laughs> that I really liked. It was always the down that I thought was fun. So, yeah, that's a great analogy, a great way to think about it. So you're going to keep spreading the word to people and mm-hmm. bringing yeah. them to the intermittent fasting lifestyle. How many people would you guess that you've brought to it? Oh gosh, I don't know, ten to twenty or more. I don't I mean, and I don't know how many people have just have just tried it uh, and just and just experimented with it. And I, you know, it, I talk about it with my with my extended family on a regular basis. They're like, "Oh no, here he goes again," <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. Or they look at me and they haven't seen me now for like four or five weeks, and they go, "Have you lost more weight?" Or they're watching me on on Facebook Live with a with our church service, and they're like. Are you smaller than you than, than you yeah. were than, than you were two weeks ago? I'm like, yes. In fact, I'm back wearing those size 30 pants that I bought just before cancer, wow. and that I'm back to wearing, which I never thought I would be. And I mean, I've got I've been putting off going to buy a lot of new clothes. Well, that's smart, but because things are still, I mean, it's so baggy, and even the smaller stuff is starting to get baggy. So I'm kind of I don't know what I'm going to end up being. I mean, I'm wearing larges. I can never could imagine. I always wore extra large or, I mean, a 2X. I mean, I always like things baggy, but when a large, this is like a large shirt I'm wearing right now. For a large to it's be baggy. It's too big. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can see Jason. His shirt's too big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, wait till you settle in where you're going to be. And, you know, you mentioned before not knowing what maintenance would look like. And that's, mm-hmm. it's okay not to because you'll figure it out as you go. 
I can tell already you're great at listening to your body, you know, because you knew when you needed to not fast and when fasting felt right. And so your body will tell you and you'll know and you'll be like, okay, I need to eat a little more or I need to eat a little less. And it'll, you'll just kind of settle right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- that'll, that'll be a learning experience like all of this has been. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, there'll there'll be periods of time you mentioned already that your weight fluctuates. So you'll end up within a range instead of like you're not going to be one, you know, 65. It's going to be more of a range surrounding whatever, you know, that pivot point is. You'll go up, you'll go down, but you'll always kind of gravitate to whatever that. Yeah. And so I always, say, I always say my weight is my lowest weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> as opposed to, I like that. <laughs> as opposed to the average of a week. I'm like, yeah, no, I, whatever was the lowest of that week, that's what I, I say is my weight. Even if I only hit it once, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I get it. I understand. <laughs> so um, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I wish I had known more about the alternate daily fasting protocols because I think I probably would have started, probably even started with that as opposed to, to trying to do one one meal a day because uh, I think that was I found that to be very very helpful and especially as as somebody who fairly experienced faster in doing different types of fasting fasting for a day was not was not hard uh, for me at all because my wife when she try has tried to do even fasting for sixteen or twenty hours it's been it's been difficult. It's a challenge for, for most people to even think about denying themselves food. I mean, because the first time I ever fasted, driving down the street, every single fast food restaurant, their lights are brighter. Than- <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> They're just popping up. It's like, oh, Taco Bell. Oh, Burger. Oh. It's like, every, it's like, do these restaurants exist normally? No. <laughs> I've never seen them before. <laughs> yeah. And, and so just, I think just be patient and, and kind with yourself as you begin uh, and start the process and, you know, try and experiment with longer fasts, uh, even for a day of 16 hours or, or 20 hours or whatever, whatever in you end up doing that uh, to just be, be kind with yourself and just trust that the process will work and that you will lose the weight. It, it may not happen as fast as you want it to, but you can have confidence that it's going to come off. Yep. And sometimes people mistakenly think that everyone else except for them is losing weight very, very quickly. And I'm like, where are you getting that idea? Because that's not true. This is not a speedy thing. It's it's a process, like you said. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, Jason, I'm so glad that you're doing well and that you have beat that cancer and that you are going to be hitting the, the 50s mm-hmm. next year. Yes. Just like me, I'll wait, wait for you here in the 50s. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And it, it was great to talk to you. And thank you so much. It was great to talk to you as well. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate all the work that you guys are doing in your your guys' chat rooms and stuff. That's kind of how we got connected and just kind of sharing the story with you guys and just appreciate all your support. So thanks again. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.